Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson, host of the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. And we have a special episode for you this week. Today, I'm joined by my friends, Sandy Ramsey Travick, Sandra Peoples, and Melanie Gomez. And these three women are some of my most favorite people in the whole wide world. And these amazing women are going to be speaking at this year's By the Brook event. And in today's episode, we're going to be sharing a little bit about some of the things that we will be talking about at this year's event. Now, if you haven't signed up yet for By the Brook, no worries. There is still time. Just go to our website, risingaboveministries.org, or go to our app, and you will find out all the information that you need for this event right there in either one of those two places. So we would love nothing more than for you to sign up to join us for this event that we have planned just for you. I had such a great conversation with my friends, and I know that you are going to love what they have to share in today's podcast. Hey, friends, I am so glad to get to see your faces, even though it's via Zoom. I've got here with me, three of my most favorite people in the whole world. And I am so excited to have this conversation with you about our upcoming By the Brook event. And just for us to have a conversation about how we can redefine our lives. So welcome, friends. Thank you. So happy to be here. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm going to start off and, and I'm going to just go around uh, and let you all introduce yourselves and tell a little bit about who you are and who I've got with me, though, are three amazing women who are going to be part of our By the Brook event. Um, they have shared a video that we're going to be sharing with you um, at the event. They've recorded it and we're going to share it with you on that weekend. And I, I haven't gotten to hear what you have to share yet. So I'm really excited about getting to watch your videos along with everyone else. And I'm so excited that you're here. So I'm going to start off with my friend, Sandy Ramsey Travick, and just tell us a little bit about your family and uh, whatever you want us to know about you. Oh, hi, everybody. Um, my name is Sandy, and I am joining you guys from, <clears throat> excuse me, Montclair, New Jersey. Um, I am the mom of three young adults, um, two daughters and a son, and it's my son, Miles, who has special needs. Uh, he's 22 years old. His special needs are the result of an illness that he contracted when he was a toddler, um, meningitis. And so um, his, his classification in school was multiply disabled because he has cognitive disabilities. He has some medical and some physical disabilities as well. Um, I've been married for 31 years, like all my life. Congratulations. That's great. <laughs> um, and my daughters, my youngest daughter just graduated from college. So yay. Um, and one thing that God has brought out of this whole disability thing, she is going to be doing autism research um, at Mount Sinai uh, Medical School. And I'm sure that is uh, because her twin brother has special needs. And then my oldest daughter is in the music business. Um, I am a coach, a certified coach. Um, the Lord recently called me to coach other special needs parents. That has not always been my focus, has not always been my niche. Um, and he called me to coach other parents like myself into something that he termed an undisabled life. 
uh, which has to do with the mindset and the perspective that we have as special needs parents as we live out the life that he's given us. Um, I'm just excited to be here. This is my second by the Brook Retreat. Excited to be a part of it. So thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. And you have also, I forgot to mention, each one of you have already been on the Rising Above podcast at least once. Sandra, I think you've been on a couple of times. And so, um, you know, I'm so grateful. So if you want to hear more about anyone's story that you're listening to today, we'll put in the show notes links to those previous podcasts as well. Well, Melanie, let's go to you. Uh, Share a little bit about you and your family, Melanie Gomez. Thank you, Becky. Yes, Melanie Gomez is my name. I am coming to you from South Florida near Miami. Um, I am a mom of two young men, uh, Ben and Nicholas. Nicholas um, is turning 21 on Saturday, and he was born with a rare genetic disorder. And so um, I've also been married now for 28 years. We just had our anniversary last week. So it's kind of a big season for us as far as celebrations and milestones right now. Um, And so I have been sharing with special needs moms for actually quite a while as a calling, but kind of just as um, as a mission. When I, you know, 21 years ago, when I got my son's diagnosis, I couldn't find a lot of faith-based, positive, encouraging messages out there. I found a lot of, um, found a lot of support groups where you could go and share a pity party with a bunch of other moms. And I found some, a lot of faith resources that just weren't helpful, honestly. And so my mission just sort of sprang out of that. I don't want other moms to have to kind of struggle through how do I match up my faith and what I believe and what the Bible says with this journey that I'm on? And how does that, how do I redefine everything together so that it makes sense to me? And so that's sort of my, my mission that I do um, as much and often as I can also being a full-time working mom and full-time caregiver, which is a job all in itself. Well, I'm so excited to hear from you and what you have to share. And, and I, I tell you the podcast that I did with you, I walked away just feeling myself so encouraged and inspired. Uh, You're one of the most positive people I know. And so I think uh, that I cannot wait to hear what you have to share with us as well. Um, Now, Sandra, Sandra Peoples, a lot of people know Sandra from her podcast and her writings and her books. So Sandra, fill fill those who don't know about you in about who you are and about, about your family. Well, I'm super excited to be on with you guys today. We live outside of Houston, Texas. So like Melanie, we're already hot here, hot in Florida, hot in Houston. Um, Already feels like the middle of summer to us. Uh, I have two boys. We're all boy moms. I think that's fun. We We are all boy moms. Those shared boy struggles. So our boys are 15 and 13, and it's our younger son, James, who has autism, Um, he's mostly nonverbal, so we consider it level three autism. And, uh, so we, my husband's a pastor. So uh, we also serve in our church. I serve as the inclusion coordinator for special needs families. And then I serve our state convention 
which is the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention as their special needs ministry consultant. So if there's Southern Baptist churches anywhere in Texas and they want help starting or strengthening their special needs ministry, I get to be a part of that. So it's a new job for me, but it's a lot of fun. And it, it brings kind of all the things together for me, special needs and ministry and encouraging families and encouraging pastors and so it, it seems like a real sweet spot. I'm enjoying it. Well, I know that everyone in Texas is super glad to have you there because you have such a wealth of knowledge uh, when it comes to, to disability ministry. So ladies, I just, I'm so grateful, as I said, for each of you and just what you're going to bring to the table and what you have to share and your hearts. Um, I've gotten to know each of you over the years, and I'm just, I'm grateful for you in the areas where you serve in your life. And, you know, by the brook is, you know, we try not to have favorite little things, you know, everything's great and wonderful, but if I'm being honest, by the brook is probably one of our most favorite things that we do because, you know, I, I'm a special needs mama. I know how beat down we can get, how tired we can get, how weary we can get and how we can sometimes very easily get into a negative mindset about our life. And so that's why I'm super excited about the topic for this year. You know, by the book, we started back in 2009, which is just hard to believe. And, um, you know, the heart behind this event is just to encourage moms uh, to, to be able to see the good things about this journey. There are so many hard things that we face, but we can redefine it. And we can find the joys. And sometimes we just need some coaching, like what, what Sandy does, to help us know how we can redefine our situations and redefine the, the trials and the things that we face. So, you know, when, when I lost my husband four years ago, I had to go through a whole process of learning what my new life was going to look like. And I had to learn some tips and some strategies to help me because it was very easy. You know, I'd kind of learned how to navigate my special needs life and I'd learned how to redefine that and how to find the positives in that. But then when you go through the loss of a spouse, it was like, I had to go through all that again and had to find new strategies and new ways to be able to do that. And so are there certain things that you do that when you get in a situation and you find yourself, you know, it's like, like that record player that gets stuck and we keep telling ourselves sometimes these negative stories um, about what our life looks like. Are there certain things that you do to kind of stop that from playing over and over in your mind? Yeah, I would say absolutely. Um, and it's still, you know, I've been a special needs mom for a long time and I still run into situations where I become aware that I have given something a fixed definition. Um, and I have to remind myself, honestly, mm. I would say, um, staying, making sure I'm connected to God, making sure that I'm spending time in his word. I know that as a special needs mom, I spent many, many years saying, God, give me the grace to not do this because I don't have time to read the Bible. I'm just overwhelmed and smopped. But I will say that as I've been able to prioritize just daily practice of staying in his word and staying in his presence, it helps, it helps me catch that. I believe the Holy Spirit will 
when I'm the most in tune with his word will just remind me, where did that definition come from? Is that if you hold this up against my word and my plans that I've spoken for you and my promises I've given you, if you hold it up against that, does it still work? And so that's sort of just how I, sometimes I'm better at it than others and sometimes I'm not, but that's really my key is just yeah. continually measuring it against God's word and his promises. Yeah, that's good, Melanie. Sandy, what do you have to add to that? You know, one of the things that the Lord has um, continuously reminded me is that he always gives us choices. And so um, there was a season when I, would, I was so weary and overwhelmed um, because of things that were going on that was going on with Miles's health. I got to the point where I would get into a downward spiral and let myself spiral down. And then one day the Lord caught my attention and said, you have a choice here. You can choose to keep going down. And if that's what you choose, I will let you do that. But the moment you choose, the moment that you decide that that's not what you want to do, I'm always going to provide a way out. There's a, a, the scripture, I think, is what? 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man, but God is faithful. He always provides a way out. And so what he told me is that the minute that you choose, the minute you say, Lord, I don't want this, show me the way out. My hand is there to help you to spiral back up. And so... Um, that's something that I've been mindful of, certainly during COVID, uh, when we've had some hard times and I've been tempted um, to kind of give into the tug to that downward spiral. I remember that God says, I've given you a choice. Choose life, because life is always going to be one of the choices that I give you. And as soon as you make that decision, I'm going to be available there for you to help you to walk it out. Um, and so like Melanie was saying, the word of God is true um, and it doesn't stop being true because we're special needs parents. Every promise is still true. Every um, process is still true. God is still true regardless of what our circumstances look like. Um, and so he's reminded me to remember that choice is part of that. He doesn't take away our choice. If we choose to go the negative way, he'll let us. But if we choose the moment we say, God, not this, but that I choose life, his word is there, his spirit is there, his grace is there um, to pull us forward. And so that's one thing. And then I would add to that, that I, Miles is, and I'm guessing that all of our other kids are too, that they are testaments to the goodness of God, the grace of God in hardship. Um, Miles has a joy that is Un, is that the word unextinguishable, inextinguishable? <laughs> there is nothing that has happened to him that has been able to extinguish the joy of the Lord that's in him. And that's proof to me that God is faithful. You know, he's the one who's suffering and yet he still wakes up joyful every day. And so, um, yeah, those are two things for me that come to that's mind. That's so true. And I could say the same thing about John Alex. It's like, I look at him sometimes and he's smiling and just so joyful and so happy, even though the world would look at his life and think how hard his life must be, but, but yet he's joyful and, and he teaches me all the time. And so I think that is so true. So beautiful. So Sandra, what do you have to add to that? 
Well, I mean, I'm just building on what Melanie and Sandy said, but one verse that comes to mind for me that I clung to back when James was diagnosed when he was three and that I still cling to now is James 117. And it says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And so like when James was diagnosed with autism, I didn't see that as a good and perfect gift. I I, I couldn't yeah. wrap my mind around how that could be a good thing. But then I thought, but my father only gives good gifts and they are for my good and they're for my family's good and they are making me more like Christ. And so even when it feels hard from his perspective, it is somehow a good and perfect gift. And so even though I learned that at the big diagnosis time, I feel like I'm relearning mm, that yeah. <laughs> all these opportunities. I mean, like summertime is hard for mm. us. We're out of our routine and things are so different and and James's anxiety is high. And I have to say, somehow what we're going through right now is a good and perfect gift. And it's from a loving father. And so I have to constantly retrain mm -hmm. my mind to focus on the truth of scripture. Like Sandy said, the truth of scripture is still true for us and, and figure out how I can see it from God's mm -hmm. perspective. Mm -hmm. And again, it kind of goes back to what she was, what Sandy was saying about the choice. You have a choice in that moment as to whether you're going to choose to recall those things, choose to recall the truth, or whether you're going to allow yourself to continue to spiral down. And so I think it's for those of us who've been on this journey a little bit longer, um, we've had lots of practice, you know, to get to that place of going, oh, it is so much better when I choose well, and when I choose to remember um, the goodness of God. And, you know, for me, it always goes back to gratitude. I can be in the pit about a situation. And if I can stop and um, choose to find something to be grateful for in that situation, it completely shifts my mindset. And it happens time and time and time again. And I also, I, I've learned after the death of my husband, I mean, I am heaven focused. I'm heaven focused. And I, and I remind myself, you know, these, these, trials and these things that we go through day in and day out it's just for a little bit of time and I know that because I've trusted in Jesus and because Jeff trusted in Jesus to save us I'm going to see Jeff again and it's for eternity I was we're going to be in a place where there's no more sin and no more sorrow no more sadness and it's going to be I can't wait it's going to be great and so it's like when the when the hard things happen in life here I just kind of remind myself of that of that truth that this is just a momentary little blip. Um, it's hard, but when we put these strategies in place, we can find ways to redefine it and then find that true joy. And I, you know, I think we get so stuck in this place of um, sometimes of the heart and, and our mindset goes there that, that we don't enjoy the life that we've been given. And so I think for all of us, our heart, in in speaking it by the brook and sharing it by the brook is for for moms to know the true joy that can be found on this journey well i would love to know if you have a story about something maybe that happened in your life something that that was hard or something that that the world would look at and go oh my goodness i don't know how you survived that but then how you redefined it to turn it into something, um, to line it up with God and his truth, line it up with what is true and right 
versus what maybe you could just see on the surface. Does anybody have a story? Well, I want to I want to share my story because it fits with what you just said about enjoying the life that we've been given. And so my example is not this deep profound example, but it's one it, it this just happened to me. Um, as you ladies know because we've been emailing back and forth, I just returned from a epic family vacation where my husband took all of us to Hawaii for 10 days because he retired and this was his big celebration that he always wanted to do. And I will be honest and tell you that up until this moment, and I've been married 28 years, we've had Nicholas for 21, throughout our life of vacationing or trips or travel, I had this famous quote that I said to my husband, um, if we're traveling with Nicholas, don't call it a vacation, call it travel, because it's not a vacation <laughs> for me. <laughs> and that was that was the sad but true reality of traveling with Nicholas because although he loves to travel and looks forward to it, it's also probably it's also much more challenging than having him at home in his routine with his stuff. Right? There, there's no comparison to the degree of difficulty of a we went around a plane for 12 hours each way. All of the things, right? We're all like, shaking our no. heads. People can't see that, but we're all like, oh and my I goodness. Will, but yeah. I will share with you that on this trip, very specifically, God really just shut me down and said, you are on a vacation with your husband mm. of his dreams. And you've got your whole family with you, including Nicholas, who is dancing the hula and doing all the fun things. There were challenges. I'm not sugarcoating that there weren't challenges, but I'm saying that just in this season, God has allowed me to redefine what does vacation mean? And what, if my mm. vacation doesn't look like the world's vacation, then it doesn't count. That was my belief. It was, well, mm. the other couples who are my age and been married for 28 years are here by themselves and they're having drinks and they're doing all the fun stuff. And I really had God redefine something for me very recently, which was mm. enjoy your life. Enjoy what I've given you can be deeply and profoundly enjoyed, even if it doesn't look like what the world does. And so um, but that applies to everything. It's not just to vacation, but for me, it was very specific in that moment of mm. how am I going to define what that means to me? How am I going to define it for my family? And how is that going to affect them? And I believe that taking that pause and, and having the Holy Spirit remind me um, how, how it was meant to be helped me. It helped my family it made my vacation probably my most enjoyable I've had with the whole family in all these years. Mm. That's beautiful, Melanie. And I was getting ready to ask you as you were talking, which you kind of answered there at the end was, you know, how did that then play out with everyone else? If yeah. your attitude shifted, how did that then play out with everyone else? I mean, else? we all know if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy, right? And so just being able to accept that our vacation as a family was going to look differently and have certain things as part of it allowed me to relax, allowed my husband to enjoy the vacation much more. And we had beautiful, sweet moments throughout that vacation um, that were really, really treasures because I allowed the yeah. definition of what it would look like to be, to be mm -hmm. changed. Yeah. 
That's beautiful. And then when you choose to focus on those positive things, then to focus on the hard, you know, yes, there were hard things, but you had so many beautiful things as well. So that's great. Sandra, do you have anything to add? No, I love that. I mean, it's so relatable as we're in summer now and, and, and we see pictures on Facebook and we think, man, it's going right for everybody else. And here I am barely hanging in there and imagining that everybody else is living this life that we want. And so that's such a good reminder. I was thinking of, um, it was six years ago this summer that, that my family moved from Pennsylvania to Texas. And, um, and this may be a season of transition for a lot of people. I mean, I, I think COVID made us rethink some things and some priorities. And so I was just thinking about these big transitions that some of us could be going through. And, and we, uh, James was diagnosed when we lived in Pennsylvania. And so for services, that's all we really knew was what we got in Pennsylvania. And then we moved to Texas. And I remember trying to set up the same therapy that we got for free in Pennsylvania. And I was on the phone with this lady and I was, I was explaining to her what I wanted and how many hours James got in Pennsylvania and how could I set that up? And she said, um, did you have to move here? Did you have to move to Texas? And I said, well, <laughs> yeah, you know, like we're called here and this is where we feel like we're supposed to be. And she said, well, if you can move back, I would move anywhere else. Oh but my here. So I thought we have just packed up our whole lives and moved halfway across the country. And we like rented a house that we had never seen before. And my husband was jobs for us to be able to stay. And I thought, this is the last thing I need to hear was this is the wrong decision. You made the wrong decision. You you're in the wrong place, especially because sometimes we prioritize things for our, our kids with disabilities. I mean, you know, like we, we try to get things set up for them and then everything else falls into place. Well, nothing was falling into place. And, and so I just, I mean, God had to redefine what it meant for us to do life here and, mm-hmm. and what my expectations were. And James, we had to build a whole new support system. And, and I have a sister with Down syndrome and she's my big sister. And so one of the reasons we moved to Texas was to be closer to my parents and my sister. And so I kept thinking, being closer to grandma and papa is worth some of the things that we gave up mm, in other places. Trade-off. And so being, yeah. being available to help with my sister, them being available to help with James. I mean, it just, God had to really show me the positives of this change that he led us through so that I didn't spiral down into mm-hmm. regret and shame and all of those things from thinking that we had done the wrong thing or that it would mm-hmm. set James back and he would never be able to recover. If if there's a two-year waiting list for this therapy and the younger he is when he gets it, the more, I mean, we just feel so much pressure sometimes yes. to, to be all yeah. to our kids and to set them up. And so um, it, you know, just God redefining what it meant for us to have a calling and for us to be close to family and, and just kind of reshifting our priorities in that season. Mm-hmm. And now six years later, I can see how it all worked out and, and for our good and for James is good and, and all of that. But it was really, a you know, anytime we go through those big transitions, there's just so mm. much uncertainty that he really yeah. has to work in our hearts to keep us focused on his purpose in those transitions. Mm-hmm. 
and you had to remind yourself of, okay, this is why we're doing this. This, you know, the, the real reasons behind the move. And then uh, instead of looking at all the other things that, that were flying around, it is so hard because our kids are in their needs are so at the top of all our lists all the time. And so I can only imagine you having that person tell you, we'll move back, you yeah. know, how that must have felt. Yeah. Yeah. I want to call her back no, now and say, Hey, you know what? It worked out. We're good. It like good. Yeah. good. So maybe oh don't my. say that to the next special needs mom who, <laughs> exactly. calls who moves from somewhere else. And what not to say to yeah. a special needs family who has just moved to down, yeah. you know? Like, oh my goodness. Sandy, do you have anything to share? Uh, you know, um, when you said share something with the people on the outside would look at you and think that you're crazy. A story came to mind when Miles was much, much younger, when he was um, originally sick. So he got sick when he was a toddler um, and uh, was in the hospital for quite some time um, for the illness. Um, and a number of treatments going on for him um, at the time. And I remember uh, because we had become part of the 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 NICU or the, yeah, the um, intensive care unit kind of community, you know, the families who have their kids in, in intensive care kind of talk together a lot mm -hmm. kind of in the waiting rooms and stuff. And so um, people would say, how's he doing? How's he doing? And Terry and I, my husband had gotten to the, um, gotten into the habit of saying he's okay, but he's not out of the woods yet. Anytime anybody would ask, we would say he's okay, but he's not out of the woods yet. Um, and um, one morning, Terry was sitting reading the newspaper, the Sunday paper, which some Sunday papers have comics in them. At least they did then. I don't know whether or not they still do. But in the comics, there was a picture of trees. And one tree said to another, um, how are you doing? And the other tree said, um, we're OK, but we're not out of the. No, he said, I wish you'd stop telling people that we're not out of the woods yet. That's what the comic said. Stop telling people that we're not out of the woods yet. And it hit Terry, um, kind of hit him between the eyes. And then he told me, because God was telling us to stop saying mm -hmm. he's not out of the woods yet. Um, I don't know if he had come out of it. He was in a coma for a long time. I don't remember whether or not he'd come out of the coma yet, but I do know that there were a number of challenges that we had been praying about them. We had been fasting about them. And we felt sure that God was going to bring him through this. That's kind of the assurance that we'd gotten in our prayers and um, from others who had prayed with us. But we'd fallen into the trap of what the world does mm -hmm. when, you're, when you're supposed to be believing God. And instead of saying, we're believing God that he's going to be okay, we were saying, he's not out of the woods yet. And mm -hmm. God told us to stop that. My sister called later that week and she said, Sandy, in my prayer time, the Lord impressed upon me to tell you and Terry that you need to change the things that you're saying mm -hmm. to line up with the things that you're praying about. And um, what that redefined for both of us at that time was the power that we had in our words to bring to pass the things that we were believing God for. So um, essentially then that was, if you're believing God for A, 
then you can't go around saying that God is that Z is going to happen because it's canceling out mm. essentially yeah. what your prayers are. And so for us, that changed the way that we prayed forever. Um, I remember at that time when we stopped saying he's not out of the woods yet. And we started saying, we're believing God that he's going to be okay, regardless of what happened. And there were some horrible things that happened in between. Our medical team called us into a meeting because they thought that Terry and I were delusional because we had stopped saying he's not out of the woods yet. They sat us down, all of his specialists at the table, his pediatrician and us, and they asked us, do you understand the severity of your child's illness because you continue to say that you're believing God for this or for that, but we are concerned that you guys don't know how serious this is. Um, And I mean, we went on to tell them that yes, we are people of faith. We know exactly what the facts say. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're not slow to learn. There's not an issue of a lack of understanding that's going on here. It's an issue of faith. Anyway, Mm -hmm. long story short, when Miles left from the hospital, every single doctor um, talked about what um, a a miracle he was because he wasn't supposed to leave the hospital. Mm -hmm. They didn't believe that he was going to ever be well enough to go home. Um, And so all of them would say, you know what? If any, it got to the point where when bad things happened to him, like he, uh, I don't want to go into the details. When bad things happened to him, the doctors would say, if this was any other kid, we'd be concerned. But we've seen the things that Miles's God can do for Miles. And so that redefined for us how our our perspective and Mm -hmm. the words that we speak influence the outcomes of the things that we pray for, that we have more, I mean, it's God's power, but he channels so much of it in and through us um, that we weren't aware of at the time. We Mm -hmm. had no idea that we could have that much influence. And so, yeah, that's my story. (laughs) And what a lesson to learn early on in your special needs journey, you know, when that we have to relearn sometimes. Well, yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't we all? We've all we we don't have it all figured out yet, ladies, do we? We're working on it. We're yeah. a work in progress. Well, I had a conversation yesterday with one of my friends. She's a single mom, and she had planned this trip, this outing, with her son who loves trains, and she was so excited. She planned it all out for Memorial Day, and she was going to take her son to go on a train ride. She had gotten the support in place that she needed to go with her. They talked about it. They said they go and they get to the train station. They're going to go on a train ride. And when they get there, all of the trains are double decker trains. Well, her son only wanted the single layer cars, not the double decker cars. She said, every time we've gone just to look at trains, they've always had at least one car that was the single cars. And she said, every single one of them were the double. Well, he has autism. That was not part of the plan. And he started throwing a fit and, you know, they, they had to leave. And it was so, you know, it could have been a situation that was so disappointing, so disheartening, but she told me she started naming off all of the good things that happened. You know, Hey, we were able to make it to the car 
without losing him. You know, we, he didn't try to jump down to the train track area. We were, you know, she started naming off all of these things that were positives and good things that actually ended up coming out of it. And she was smiling and laughing as she tells me all these things. And I, I told her, I said, you get an A plus for redefining because that could have been a situation where you walked away so defeated, so discouraged and, and would tell, you know, maybe say, well, we're just not going to do, we're going to stay home. We're not going out anymore, but she already has a plan in place for next time, you know, to call ahead, see if a train's going to be there that he's going to, the kind that he wants. And, you know, it's so easy to get in that place of defeat. And I love nothing more than when to see a mom, especially a young mom who's new on this journey, who's able to redefine those hard things. And that's what I'm so excited about this by the brook, because I think so for so many of us, this last year has been so hard. Um, so many challenges, so many hard things going on on top of just the regular things that we deal with in the special needs world. And so to hear from you all at this event, to hear your hearts, to hear what you have to share, I know it's going to be such a blessing to the moms who are joined with us. So as we close out, I would love for you just to talk to the moms and tell them why they need to be a part of this event. Why do they need to come to By the Brook? Uh, give them your personal invitation to come and join us because we're super excited and I cannot wait um, to, to share, to, to show all the different things that we have gathered together to, to encourage these moms to know you're, you're seen and you're valued and you are loved and God has a plan and a purpose for you in your life, in the life of your child. So what would you say to the mom who's maybe on the fence, maybe hasn't decided if she wants to come or not, what would you say to them? Well, you know, Becky, I don't think there's another team out there that loves over an, loves an event, prays over an event, and then your team. I mean, the years that I've been able to be a part of this, I know that God has a purpose for me there. I know that I've been prayed for before I even log in, and I know that he's already planning a word just for me, something that's going to encourage me. Now, it usually runs the whole gamut of like side splitting laughter. I mean, you, you, especially those little skits that you guys do, they are hilarious. But I also have to have like a box of tissues close because I know that, that you're going to hit me like right, right where I need to, where I'm the most vulnerable or the most sensitive, like, like this, the spot that I've only really talked to God about a weakness in my life. And somehow somebody that you've brought in has a word just for me, just in that moment. And so, and I've seen that year and year after year. And so I know this year, I mean, we're just, we've all kind of experienced this collective trauma and, and we're tender and we're sensitive. And, and this is exactly what we need because we need laughs. We need community, but we also need room for the Holy spirit to work and to just, um, be gracious and tender with us. And, and I, I just think of the love that God has for each of the women who will attend and, and what he's already planning. And so you're just, you're just saying yes to something he already has waiting for you. And you're just clicking that button, coming and joining us. And you can tell from this podcast, we have fun together, but, but we're also really excited to just share what God has taught us from experiences and from his word 
And so I just, I can't wait. It's all going to be so much fun. Yeah. I mean, everything Sandra just said, right. I believe that, um, God is so loving and kind and his heart is so for us. He, he has these words, um, to get to us, to drop in our spirit. And sometimes I think the only thing, the special needs moms particularly are guilty of just not taking that moment to hear from him. And so that's why it's called a retreat. Is it a retreat in the, in the true sense of the word where you get to leave your family for four days and go, maybe not, but it's a retreat of your spirit. And that's where God really can refresh us, really can get something new to us. I sit here and just listen to Sandra and Sandy and you, Becky, for 20 minutes and I feel a refreshed springing in my heart, just something I already knew. I've already heard that, but just that refreshment of hearing it again from another like-minded mom is so sustaining for me. And that's what God does with these moments. And so I would say taking the time to receive that from him, receive a word, receive something special from him is going to be so valuable for you. You mentioned it when you asked about my vacation. It benefited my husband. It benefited my other kids just to have their mom be refreshed mm -hmm. and renewed and redefine something. So don't think if, if you have a hard time, like I do, of taking time away for yourself and being having me time, don't think of it as me time. Think of it as a valuable tool that's going to, God is going to put in you for ministering to your family mm -hmm. as you go forward. That's great. Good word. Sandy. Um, you know, I mentioned that last year was my first by the book retreat. Um, and actually it was the first time that I'd ever been part of any kind of Christian ministry that was targeted to special needs moms or special needs parents. Um, like you, Melanie, I'd been to like support groups that did nothing for me. Um, you know, either they were not Christian and so their worldview was so different that I, I couldn't relate or it was, um, you know, a pity party. None of them um, were what I needed. And so I had gotten to the point where I felt like um, that's just not that they're out there for me. Um, I got used to being the other. I got used to... Um, seeking God only by myself for my needs to be met because I didn't think that there was any other place where I could find kind of nourishment for my soul where people would see that part of me and speak to that part of me. Last year at the retreat was the first time that I've ever had that happen where I laughed and who knew that special needs could be like funny like that, but it was hilarious. <laughs> um, I laughed, I cried. I felt seen in places that I have never been seen before. And look, I'm about to cry about it now <laughs> because it's such a rare occurrence. Why am I crying? Oh my gosh. It's beautiful. It let me know that God sees that part of me. And if he sees that part of me, of course he would see that part and love that part and have a plan and a desire to minister to that part of so many other women who don't have that. Sorry, guys. You're great. 
<laughs> and so that's why I come because God has extended this as a gift. It was a gift to me, which is why I'm so happy to be part of it this year because it's a gift to me. And I can't imagine what kind of gift it would be to others who think that God has forgotten me in this, but he hasn't. And so it's up to us to make the choice to take advantage of the gift that has been offered. It's a gift. It's not a requirement. It's not a, it's a gift. Take advantage mm. of the gift. That's what that is beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. And what a great note to end on right there. Uh, so friends, I am so grateful for this time and I can't wait till we can actually be together again and like, not just over video conferencing here, but where we can be in the same room together. And uh, I, again, I'm so grateful for your time today for the podcast and just for what you do day in and day out to love and serve the special needs families that God has placed in your life. Each one of you have amazing ministries and in amazing ways that you are loving and serving families impacted by disability. And I cannot wait to hear what you have to share at this year's By the Brook. So thank you so much, friends, for being with me today. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.